Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Hello, Crystal. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today to tell us a little bit about your story on how you came to have your beautiful daughter, Coco. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? All right. Thank you so much for having me on. My name's Crystal. Husband's name's Chris. We live on the (laughs) Gold Coast. Yeah, Chris and Crystal, everyone always says that. And we have one fur child, Bison. He's a Rottweiler. And we also now have Coco, who's six months. And, yeah, our journey probably to have a baby was a little bit different to other people's, but we were happy with the journey that we did end up choosing to have her. And, yeah, we just feel so blessed that we were able to actually have a baby. Tell us a little bit about your journey with infertility. Okay. So Chris is nine years younger than me. So when we met, I was 33, he was 24, and he definitely wasn't ready to have kids at 24. So fast forward a few more years, kind of started to think about having kids. I went to the GP and just got a lot of my fertility bloods done and then got my egg count done and zero being the worst would possibly be. My egg count was 1.0. So, yeah, we knew kind of from that that we were in for a bit of a hard slog to have a baby. I'd also had two laparoscopies for endo as well. Mm. So having endo can diminish your egg reserve as well and also make it a lot harder to have a baby. And Chris also has rheumatoid arthritis. So he's on a medication called methotrexate, Mm -hmm. which you can't have a baby on. So there's not, we couldn't really over the years just basically try and have a baby either until he was off his medication. After basically doing our fertility bloods, I just pretty upset about that. And we just went straight to IVF. We went to Dr. Keong at Monash IVF in Southport. If anyone's starting IVF, I highly recommend, or if you're a bit of a harder case, highly recommend to go and see him. So basically from there, we started our first round of IVF, our first cycle. We got four eggs and out of that, that we got one in. That's pretty low. I mean... Depending on your age as well, like if you're a little bit younger, it's not always quantity over quality for eggs. So if you do get a small amount and they're good quality, that's really good. We were also lucky Chris's sperm's amazing. So (laughs) he's got really good swimmers, which helps us. We've got four eggs and we did get one embryo out of that, which we transferred and that was negative. Also, when meeting Dr. Kyung, he did say it would be hard for us with like my AMH, my age. So when we first started with him, I was 38. And AMH, for anyone listening, I, that's the egg reserve that Crystal was talking about before. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. And he also did say 
it will be hard. You might have to go down the Jonah Reg path, which kind of was always at the back of my head anyway, I think. Went into our second round and we got three eggs out of that. We also got one embryo. And for our transfer day, we were driving to the clinic and the clinic rang us and told us that the embryo had stopped growing. So we couldn't do our transfer that day. So that was hard. Oh, that would have been devastating. Yeah, and then Chris and I just had a discussion and we said let's give, we'll do another one more cycle. It's hard because it's financially hard as well Mm. and it's financially and, I mean, emotionally so draining too. So we thought, okay, we'll give it all to this last round and our last round was our worst round. We didn't even get to finish the cycle because my body didn't respond well, so I was a bad responder. We had to actually cancel our last round, which was really, that was really hard. What does it mean if you're a bad responder? What's that, what's the response like? So basically when you are doing IVF, you're taking all the medications to try and grow your eggs to a certain size for egg pickup. Mine just weren't growing and I think I only had maybe, I think I had three. So if you've basically got not many eggs to collect, then they're going to cancel it because it's not really worth going yeah. and be putting on a general anesthetic and that as well. Yeah, our last round got cancelled. So that was that was really hard. And then Dr. Keong said, your best bet of having a baby is to find an egg donor. We just took a bit just to get our head around it. And then with Monash IVF, I'm in a Facebook group. And in that Facebook group, our egg donor put up a post saying that she would like to donate. And I contacted her, sent her a message and just, yeah, just started talking to her and just basically said that our last cycle had failed and we were looking for an egg donor to try and have a baby now. This is probably where I'm going to get so, she's so lovely. This is like happy tears as well. She's just so beautiful. So I met up with Jess and, yeah, we just instantly hit it off. So Jess is was only 22 when she donated to us. So she'd already had a, a few fertility issues. Her and her husband had already done IVF. So they'd already, being so young, they have already got embryos on us when they want to start their family. And she wanted to help out other another couple to... Yeah, try and just make them happy of the ch- have the chance of having a baby as well. So we met up and just really got along well. We've done a known donor, so you can do unknown or known. Jess and I met up and then basically, yeah, she said that she'd love to donate to us. And Was this before me, she ever had children herself? So, yeah, she's just done her third and final donation and, yeah, she's only 23. So she's donated to three couples and she actually she had to have her tubes removed when she was young, so she can't actually just she has to do IVF to have a baby as well. But she's got no she's issue very, with her eggs. The fertility issue isn't her eggs; it's just her tubes. It's just her tubes, right? Yes. So she agreed to donate to us, and for me, it was just such a relief knowing that we were one step closer to having a baby. We've always, and my husband's very positive, he was always, whatever we need to do to have a baby, I'm on board, which is, I know not every, sorry. You're okay. My husband probably would do that, but, yeah, for us, he said whatever we need to do to have a baby, he was willing to do. 
And then everything kind of pretty much happened pretty fast. So you have got to do counselling. So you've got to do a counselling session. So we did that. You've got to do two counselling sessions. And then she can start her cycle, yeah, when she gets her period. I think Jess cycled in May of 2019 for us. And out of her cycle, she got 33 eggs, wow. which is amazing. Yes, and out of those 33 eggs, we got 18 embryos to freeze. Wow. Which is, yeah, really, really amazing. She's got great egg quality. We had a great cycle with her. And then I had to start taking medication for a transfer. Our first transfer was negative, which was hard. I think I just had a lot of self-doubt, self-doubt with my body, like what's wrong with my body? Like was it all me? We've got... And the embryo we transferred was the best quality. And I guess you kind of built up so much for that point because you're like, oh, this is a different, like a a different route now. Like you, you, I think you would put so much expectation on that because you're like, oh, the issue was my eggs. So like now that's taken care of, everything will be fine. I mean, that's how I feel like I would feel in that situation. Definitely. And it was hard. Like I even, even throughout, I even said to Chris, I don't know, like I understand if you don't want to be with me. I don't know, it's just hard when you're a woman and you can't do what you're supposed to do and when you want a baby so much, it's just so hard. Yeah. So we got through that and then we decided to do a double transfer. So we decided to transfer two embryos. Chris was a bit worried because if they both took them, we'd end up with twins. <laughs> yeah, there was a chance, possibility of twins. And then when we did our transfer, actually, um, they put the embryos in a catheter and then they when they, they're like, oh, yeah, transfer is all done. And then they take it back to the embryologist to check. And the embryologist came back in and said one of the embryos was still stuck in the catheter, which it never really happens. So then they had to put that little sticky embryo back into me and then check and then it was gone. So we nicknamed that little embryo sticky (laughs) and you've got to wait the two weeks for your blood test to see if you're pregnant. We did a pregnancy test. Chris wanted to wait. So we did a pregnancy test the night before our blood test and I've never had two lines on a pregnancy test ever. Sorry. (laughs) And I peed on the thing, peed on the stick, and then let Chris take it out. And, yeah, it was positive. So, I got goosebumps. And then we got our results back and my HCG levels were through the roof. Amazing. My progesterone was amazing as well. So, yeah, it kind of just went from there. You have then you have seven seven week scan and your nine week scan and everything. So when you made the decision to get an egg donor, did you look at any other adopt any yep. other options? Like, did you look at adoption or anything like that, or were you pretty certain that you were like, if I can carry this baby, I want to? Yeah, I definitely wanted to try and carry the baby, and we were going. There's Egg Donation Australia, which basically, if you're looking for an egg donor, then you you basically put up an about just yourselves and then a donor will contact you so we were just lucky enough that we didn't have to go through that whole process but yeah I definitely wanted to try and totally like carry the baby myself yeah did you ever think of reaching out to a friend or someone you already knew prior to Jess 
Jess got in, got in t- contact with us very quickly and we just, as I said, hit it off. Jess and I talk probably every other day still, like wow. just messages. Aww. Yeah, we're, we're very, very close and we're going to be telling Coco from a young age about Jess and we've, yeah, never not going to be in contact with her. She's definitely a good friend to us now. And has she so, met Coco? Yeah, so, well, I had Coco at the end of Feb, so then COVID started. And then, yeah, Jess has met Coco. And I said when I was pregnant, I can't wait for you to meet her. Without Jess, we wouldn't even have her. So Was she the squishy in the test tube? The sticky? The sticky? Was she sticky? I Yeah, I think she definitely was the sticky in the test tube for sure. That's a cute nickname. I like it. And what kind of considerations yeah. or questions did you ask Jess before you kind of went ahead? Was there family history you wanted to ask about or did you want to choose someone that somewhat looked like you or anything like that? Just, just has a few allergies, which she's told me about. She also has to do some blood screening before you can be a donor as well. We're very lucky. Jess and I have quite similar features as yeah. well. So Chris, Jess and I all have quite big blue eyes. Yeah. Very, And, yeah, we have a few similar features. But I don't think I probably would have minded if Jess didn't look similar. Yeah. Not that we look totally similar, but it wouldn't bother me. Yeah. And then when we met up, we basically just said what we want out of the donation and I said, yeah, I'd like to keep in in contact with you. And as I said, from when Coco's little, we'll be explaining how she'll just know how, how loved we are, how loved she is from how hard it was for us to have her and if she, whatever she wants to know. We never want her to feel like like she's a secret or it, it is hard because even people like if you say, Oh, she's an egg donor baby, they're just still a bit no one really asks you about it or I think it still is a bit of a taboo subject. So that's why I was so happy to come on here and yeah, if anybody is struggling with IVF and I think these days a lot of people are having babies older and think I can go to IVF, that'll work, but sometimes that isn't the case as well. So, yeah. And knowing that I guess IVF with your egg and your partner's sperm is not the end of the road if that doesn't work. Definitely, yeah. How, how was your um, pregnancy? Sure. Yeah, I didn't have the easiest pregnancy, but then I th- it was hard because I was so blessed to be pregnant that I didn't feel that I could complain. I was good up until maybe... 17 weeks and then I got very bad swelling I ended up having to have both my wrists operated on because my carpal tunnel was so excruciating wow yes yeah so I had to have that done I'm a hairdresser as well so that probably doesn't help so yeah I had to have that done and just very very bad swelling probably from 17 weeks then ended up with preeclampsia at the end. Okay, so, yeah, got admitted for preeclampsia at just past 37 weeks. I was very open to whatever had to happen to get Coco out. I didn't have a birth plan. I was very open to epidural if I needed it. And I did 20 hours of labour with epidural, I think, at maybe 14 
and then ended up with emergency caesarean because Coco's heart rate started dropping. And then we were in hospital for two weeks after just because of my preeclampsia and Coco was only five and a half pounds. So she was tiny because my placenta stopped functioning. Mm. So she kind of like her growth halted a little bit. Mm. I think I've heard, yeah. I've heard that before from women who have gone through IVF who have said that they feel as though they can't complain when they're pregnant or complain about anything to do with motherhood. And, I mean, I don't know if I'm in the position to say this because I have never had issues with fertility, but I remember even, you know, when I had hyperemesis with Poppy, if I would ever complain about how sick I'd feel, everyone would go, oh, but aren't you excited? And it just shits me to tears because you are allowed to hate being pregnant and still be so grateful for that baby and love that baby to death just because, like, you know, for some people, and it sounds like for you, it is really not an enjoyable experience and not enjoying it doesn't mean that you love your baby any less. It's and like when you, ha- it's like with children, it's yeah. like you were driving me up the wall, but it doesn't mean you don't love them and you don't, you, you know, you don't want them here. You yeah. do. It's just sometimes it's extremely They drive hard. you to the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we got off off topic. No, but I think that, like, do you ever have that feeling now that, you know, you have her as a child? Like, do you get to the end of a day and go, oh, I feel guilty because I'm just so lucky to have you, you know, but but I don't think you should feel guilt because that's just part of being a parent. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I was like that when I was pregnant. I didn't complain and I was... And even now, Chris is like, when are we going to go for another transfer? And just kind of scares me because I just think it was it was hard for me being pregnant. But then I know of so many other people. Yeah, I, I did feel guilty that I, I didn't want to sound like ungrateful at all. But it was hard and then it kind of scares me to try and go to think, if, is my pregnancy going to be the same again? But How, how old yeah. is Coco now? She's six months. Oh. So, well, good on you for thinking about going again right now. <laughs> I know. You're out of that newborn bubble and you're still ready. <laughs> oh, it's it, it's mostly my husband. I'm, I know. I am just keep thinking of pregnancy again. But I suppose because I'm 41 now, so I'd like to um, do a transfer again next year, but just a single. We just want two. You don't so want twins? Do the double. <laughs> no, I don't want twins. I mean, if it ever happened, that's totally fine. But, yeah, just one more little baby would be amazing. And did you always go into it knowing that if you had multiple children you wanted the same egg donor? Yeah, I suppose that you pr- you would because out of if you got enough embryos from that cycle then it would be the same, yeah. like, egg donor if you kind of get one yeah. in. Yeah. And in Australia you can't so. pay someone to donate eggs, can you? No, it's just out of the goodness of their heart that they do it. So, really? Yeah. So America, I think, yeah, you, you do pay mm. for an egg donor, but Australia is just, and I think that just being as lovely as her as she is, I'm lucky. I feel like we're so lucky because if Coco is like her, then we are so lucky. She's just such a beautiful person. Oh, that's so like, To do that. So, yeah. Yeah. If there was anyone out there who was keen on donating their eggs, do you know how they would go about that? There's a few you'd have to. There's a few different pages on Facebook. Egg Donation Australia is probably the most popular one. Yeah. As I said, people put it 
It's basically like putting an ad up saying that you're looking for an egg donor and there are a few other pages that people can join and then contact the couple. It's like online dating um, but for eggs. Yes, yeah, swipe yeah. right, swipe left. <laughs> <laughs> you can also go to the IVF clinic if you want, don't want to be. So I know a friend of mine that she's done an unknown donor so she didn't know anything about her donor. It was a lady that just went to an IVF clinic and donated her eggs. Mm-hmm. And then she received the eggs through her IVF clinic. Yeah. So there's a few different ways that you can go about it as well. Yeah. And did you ever have any yeah. worries that you would have difficulties bonding with the child or anything like that, given that it wasn't your egg? Um, For me, no. I didn't really. No, I don't think I ever but did really I think because I did have her in my tummy and she was growing inside of me I'm never really and I always said to my husband I just hope she's just a clingy baby and she just <laughs> loves her mum and boy is she clingy <laughs> so, so so clingy she so, hasn't given you the chance to have any well, doubts about that at all so yeah she's not the type of pass around baby she just loves her mom and dad and I mean she does like other people and that but she's yeah super super clingy oh, to me gorgeous. as well but yeah I never had any I never had any doubt I think once that baby once she was in our arms you just she's ours absolutely so, and for Jess I I did ask her if she ever kind of thought of her of her own or anything and she said she said no like she doesn't she just said it just makes her so happy that she can help other people have a baby yeah. and she just loves seeing like she messaged and just says I love seeing how happy you guys are with her so yeah oh, that's really beautiful very very lucky do you get any other like frequently asked questions that we haven't covered from family friends anyone we're very lucky with our family that they were both of both of our families were very supportive we've never had an issue with that and if someone does say oh she looks so much like you and sometimes I don't say anything and then if it's depending who it is I say oh she's actually egg donor conceived so and I kind of nobody really even kind of then asks too much about it I suppose because you don't hear about it too much. Do you think that's good or bad? I'd like to see a bit more awareness about it. Yeah. But as I said we're going to be very open with Coco I don't I wouldn't want to say to get her to 18 and then be like oh this is actually how we conceived you so because then it seems like it's something it's changeful yeah and we never never want her to feel like that so we've got a few books that we're going to read and make up a scrapbook and say this is this is how you work yeah so yeah yeah beautiful I have a book at home called Making a Baby and it goes through, but it goes through all the different ways that a baby can be made and how IVF can be used and that kind of thing. And we've started reading it to Poppy. She just points out everyone's penises and giannies at the moment. But <laughs> that a girl. But, um, but yeah, I do think there needs to be more awareness because I've said this before on here, like my husband and I get grilled all the time how Poppy looks the way she looks and not that there's anything wrong with using a donor egg but she could have been a donor egg baby. Dad. And, <laughs> yeah, my dad donated <laughs> yeah. an egg. But you know what I mean? Like like we get interrogated and, and I just feel like turning around and being like, yeah, well, maybe, like she is from my egg but, like, just be careful who you go around grilling in society because yeah, exactly it's 2020 right. babies are made all different kinds of ways and you know and imagine yeah. imagine if i guess you know if someone came up to you and said you know oh she doesn't look anything like you in your comment was 
Yeah, well, thanks. She's actually an egg donor. But, yeah, thanks for, you know, making yeah. that quite clear. I think that people need to be a little bit more mindful these days yeah. about what's going on in the world. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so thank much you for coming on and talking sorry. today and sharing your story and raising awareness. I'm sure there's thank a you. lot of women out there who need to hear things like this, hopefully to keep their spirits up and know that there's other options out there and there's nothing wrong with not being able to use your own eggs and you can still get a beautiful little, little bub at the end just like Coco. Definitely. And even just... From letting people know that she is a donor egg conceived baby, I've had maybe about five people contact me now saying their friends have seen the same situation or which is really I've found really uplifting as well that even just my little story has helped a few or helping a few people as well. So yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Thank you so much. Give Coco a big hug and a kiss from us. And we'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.